Welcome, Mr. E-Rock, to Bridge the Gap. That's the show over here at Behind That Suit where our main goal is to interview you, but in a sense, bridge the gaps of knowledge and shit. You went through a whole life of experiences. You've done a whole lot of things in your world. And regardless to whatever, whatever, wherever people are at, I've managed to learn something insightful and profound from every single person I've talked to here. So, so does the audience, so does the everything. So it's a real pleasure to have you here so we can bridge the guys. Because, y'all, let's talk a little bit about Iraq and why he's here. Y'all deserve that explanation. So we did this December bars contest up on Facebook. Um, and basically how that worked is he had to pick some three words and rap over one of the beat geniuses beats and whatnot. And he spits that shit and it's fucking fire. And I know for a fact, cause I was one of the judges that the man was in everybody's top three. I know for a fact that that's the facts of the situation. It was a very consistent agreement that you deserve that win. And so that was fucking really cool. Um, and it was just such a delight to look at it. Like it was just such a profound verse. The delivery was stellar. The everything about it was just so excellent. And as we just listened to Iraq's music just now, we heard that same consistency. But there's also a lot of versatility. Now I don't know a lot about Iraq. I never heard of him, honestly, no offense, before this, because you know, he's not in the scene here. He's actually over in BC. Where are you from? I can't remember the name of the place, but I saw it was a place I'd never heard of in BC. It's uh, Mount Curry, BC, man. We're next door neighbors to uh, Whistler. Fair enough, man. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, so that's why, to me, this is also extra cool, right? Because it's not sometimes like people get kind of pigeonholed into one thing. So I could talk about Montreal for the rest of my life, but I also want to know about what's going on in other places. So having you here is a real treat because it gives us an opportunity to look at another place in Canada and see another lens into what it's like to being an MC inside of the Canadian scene, which is excellent. But then we bumped your music today and I probably listened to your shit for about two hours straight. And I found that the more I listened to your music, the more I liked it. It had some depth to it. An interesting tidbit that we'll probably explore in your story just to show you I, I really did pay attention is in your early shit, you're a lot faster and trickier and it seems a lot more about flossing on technique. And then you slowed the fuck down and got a lot more message driven with the newer shit. So I saw that transition and I thought it was super interesting. And that's how I knew your story is going to be extra fucking dope because that means you're paying attention and you're making big man moves. And I respect the shit out of that. So anyway, I don't know that much else about you. That's why you're here. Without further ado, I just want to welcome you one more time. Iraq, welcome here. Um, and if it's okay with you, I can ask you my first convoluted question because my questions are convoluted. Let's hear it, man. Thanks for having me, brother. No worries, man. It's absolutely my fucking pleasure. You totally earned this shit, dude. You fucking killed that. Um, so basically one day my girlfriend's washing the dishes and shit and she's bumping some fucking black eyed peas. She's like, I got a feeling. Ooh, like that shit, right? And so <laughs> this is all like fucking significant, right? Because she's doing chores now and it's 2020 at the time. And I'm like, yo, wait a second. 10 years ago, we was all in the clubs drunk as fuck going and singing that shit out together. And we used to do that jump in the circle. And it was really awkward when I think back on how dorky I, I personally look doing this shit. Um, <laughs> but then I realized, yo, wait a second. That means that like club music is really just the future chores music, right? And so then I thought, yo, when it comes to musical journeys and crap, everybody seems to start what are your influences what inspires you and i'm like that's not really where it starts man for me like led zeppelin and shit was shoved down my throat as a kid whether i wanted to listen to it or not right like a disco was around i didn't have a choice won't you take me to that shit was just there um and it made me yeah. realize that anybody involved in music like the story actually starts a lot earlier the story starts um when you're a young one 
and they're in your environment and you have your parents and whatnot or whoever's around and they're listening to their former club music doing chores and that's being exposed to you so in a sense you're getting the vibe of an, another generation's party music but then as i ask this question more and more it evolves right so there's car ride music maybe you have siblings and siblings were part of that music then we started thinking about stuff like yo there's the radio there's the tv cds tapes so why don't you walk us a little bit through what it was like when you were young young like we're talking as young as you can remember and the beginning of your real musical journey through the music that was forced upon you by your environment. Um, one of the one of the first songs I remember constantly hearing was you know Sugar Sugar or Sugar Sugar from you know an, an older artist that my mom liked. Mm. That along alongside with uh, fuck else did she used to listen to man Paula Abdul like straight up and shit like that. <laughs> that's a great song though yeah i don't knock it man you know it's still on my playlist today and uh you know early influences stem back to uh, you know i have an, an older sister who used to bump stuff like aerosmith and bon jovi and you know metallica and shit like that so i grew up with a really diverse like mm. uh, taste in music i think it's cool that you brought up your sister right because um that one's so I'm trying to like track this shit because it's fucking fascinating, right? So one thing is when you have an eclectic taste in music, usually when you're young like that, so you have Paula Abdul and Metallica being exposed to you as a youth by some older influences in your life. And you make yeah. a versatile array of music today. Versatility was one of the takeaways we had with it. There is absolutely a correlation between how you were exposed to music at that age and the kind of sounds you're producing today. So I'm glad you shared that with us because, yo, it's fucking actually relevant. But what about, like, the distribution and shit? Like, how are you guys consuming music at home? Was it the radio, the TVs, all of that shit? Um, I recall radios and, you know, eight tracks and cassette tapes and stuff like that being played. Um, my mom's old Buick, we used to roll down the down the fucking dirt road and she'd be popping tapes in and out you know paul abdul john lee hooker stuff like that um just yeah like i said a very diverse the tapes so so well you're not so i'm asking questions on purpose because i know what i'm talking away from it so it's a pre-internet era right and it's interesting because oh, yeah. sometimes people have different experiences with the pre-internet era but it's also important because as we go along in your story this is the kind of shit that contextualizes your artistic journey like this was relevant you said eight tracks you know what it you know what that shit was right not everybody knows what that is so when you're hearing the hip-hops and they're talking about the production shits and they're talking you understand this already at a different level than maybe somebody else so as you're saying these things it's kind of little clues to me about who you are at a deeper level because again it's hard to to find information on people sometimes so that's really fresh oh, one of the uh one of the things that used to drive like my older sister crazy is i had this tiny little 45 and a fucking small little record player as a really really young kid i'm talking like four or five and i remember okay. the fucking song man it was uh froggy went a courting and it was just on loop it just pulled this pull the needle back to the beginning of this fucking loop and it was just froggy went a court, up. it was, it was just, just like one song on a vinyl thing and that was just it like like it's almost like like a one-off child song one-off little toy thing that's fucking cool yeah. wow yeah, that's and a... i used to drive my older sister fucking crazy because i would just play it back and play it back and play it back and all day long she would just hear this fucking kid's song 
And it took me a long time to find this goddamn song when I grew up, man. That's amazing. And I think it's cool because, I mean, I'm I'm the older brother, so I can, like, smile thinking back to how my little brother would do shit like that. And that's fucking fun, man. <laughs> but it's cool. Um, so I guess the next real question. Oh, before that, um, there are other elements to hip hop more than just rapping. And it's important to ask about them. And I realized something everybody was a dancer or if if they were a dancer at all in their life it certainly happened when they were a kid so were you into stuff like you know dancing the graffiti arts all of this shit was any of this interesting to you at this point in your life i mean yeah as an artist we've all definitely been through that phase and there was a time in life where yeah i would try to get my ass out there but uh just it just wasn't for me Fair enough, man. Personally, I'm not really a dancer or anything else. I'm more of like a talkity talk guy, but it's still just in case because sometimes people remember it and it's like, oh, those are cool stories. So the next main question for this whole flow of things is uh, it's about more when you actually start your musical identity, right? So usually in the youth, we don't care as much. It's just what's around us. And then and we, we, we've managed to say it's about puberty. So let's say eight to like 13 ish. Somewhere in that range, people tend to find a song. Or a moment and it goes yo this is my shit and it's not this is the it's my shit and that starts your like actual taste in music do you remember what that moment was and when that moment was absolutely again stemming back to my older sister flipping through her cassette tapes and and throwing shit on her her tiny little stereo that she had in her room and finding Actually, you know what? Before that, I remember bumping Vanilla Ice and and shit like that, um, like you know the track Rasta Man. And um, but these were just kind of uh, like one-off things. But I specifically remember, you know, being in my older sister's room, flipping through tapes, and I threw this one shit on, and it was bum bum. Woke up quick at about noon and was like, "What the fuck is this, man?" You know, I'm talking like six seven years old i'm bumping you know easy e in my sister's fucking room and it just blew my mind that's amazing so is it like so like at that point you started getting more heavily invested into music yeah then i found you know as the years went on i started you know stealing my sister's music i don't know if it was her music or her friend's music that was being left at the house but i remembered the doggy style album being a huge influence and being stolen cypress hill you know stuff like that okay you can definitely hear that shit in what you're producing now you can hear like that level of like influence i would say that's fucking cool um at that point were you like i'm gonna be a rapper or were you just a fan i was just a fan the sound was phenomenal man there was nothing else like it right and so so at what point do you then transition into like, yo, I can do this? Eminem, dude. Okay. So at what point in your uh, life does that happen? Like, tell us a bit more about it. Um, What was it? 99? E, that would Something be like when that. I blew when, up with my when, name is. When Eminem dropped, it was the first time I seen it. You know, like I was always going to walk into school beatboxing and shit like that but i was never really heavy into writing raps and then i seen eminem come out and was just like dude understanding and knowing that this culture was predominantly black and then seeing a white guy come into it 
you know, not to say that I'm white or anything, man, because I'm First Nation, but to see that and to to see that, you know, a white dude came out and just shocked the entire world. I said to myself right then and there, man, shit, I could do that. <laughs> I respect that a lot, actually. So, I mean, when do you, when do you actually like start doing it? So let's like go through it. Like, because yeah, usually I find people have a dibble dabble phase. They're doing a couple of freestyles here and there. They're doing a couple of little things. So is that kind of the same thing with you, where you dabble with it for a while until you get more serious with it, or do you like just off the jump run into it? It was a, a lot of dabbling for sure. You know, just. 14 15 writing raps had not a fucking clue what a bar was or how to fucking rhyme on beat it's just just writing man just writing and writing and writing are you reading at this time are you a reader no not really fair enough um i just ask it's uh um but the fact is you're still 15 16 writing you know putting in clockwork right so um, if the the truth is that ten thousand, if it's true that it's ten thousand hours to mastery, and you're already clocking hours at such a young age, it's a hugely fucking impressive thing to me, right? Like not everybody is optimizing their youth like that. So kudos to you for like believing in yourself enough to put that time and effort into yourself like that. Are your parents watching, encourage your kids and all that shit. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. So you're writing stuff out in a teenager. Uh, are you recording at all? Are you performing any of it? Or is it just like you're writing your shit on the low? It was just kind of writing on the low, just spitting it to the homies at the fucking uh, the school and shit like that. Like, hey, check this out, what I wrote, you know, last night or the night prior. And wasn't really into memorization all that much. I'd be reading full sheets of fucking rhymes to my homies in the hallways and shit. And... Uh, yeah, there was no means of recording yet, and I come from a bit of a broke background, so there was... I feel that, man. We couldn't afford shit like that. No, me too. No, straight up. Like, yo, because I'm all into it. If you're going to share with me, I got to share with you. Straight up, I come from that welfare shit, okay? Like, not to say that it was forever, forever, but, like, at young ages and stuff, like, in that point in my life, it was like, yo, $20 for a movie was a huge fucking deal kind of thing, you know? Like, so, like, I totally get where you're coming from, and, uh... I think it's actually important when, when people share that, right? Because it kind of explains something that a lot of people went through. So when you say that to me, I'm like, yo, bro, I feel you. I really resonates with me. So I want to just thank <laughs> yeah. you for sharing that. Um, so, yeah, I definitely appreciate it, man. High school, I was writing a bunch of shit. I was doing the same kind of things. I wasn't actually brave enough to read it to people. Well, nobody really wanted to hear me do it. But <clears throat> it's cool that you were like fucking <laughs> bopping around like fucking that. Fucking force my shit down my homie's throats, man. Like, yo, come here and listen to this, man. I used to make them read the page. I used to be like, yo, you want to read this? Yo, you want to read this? Yo, you want to read? Oh, you're so good. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And that meant nothing. I realize now everybody says that. So it's not like real compliments, but it still made me believe I could do it. So it was worth it in the big picture. But yo, that's cool, man. I respect that grind of like putting the time in when you're young and putting it out like that. So I guess high school goes on. Um, for the record, I'm, I'm not going to know what it is, but what high school did you go to? Um, Pemberton Secondary respect other people are going to know what that is and be like yeah respect i i know yeah, it is what it is i'm in montreal but um <clears throat> what happens after high school for you um shit immediately got a laboring job man like i got the boot from high school and uh yeah i was i was in a in a foster care at the time and you know the very next day i was at work and 
shoveling fucking snow in Whistler for Jesus fuck, eleven bucks an hour or something like that, ten fifty an hour. That sounds tough, man. Yeah, it sucked. I can I can appreciate that, but you did it, which is a grind. And anybody that puts in the grind is like fucking deserving of the respect. That's all I gotta say about that. So big ups to you for fucking doing what you had to do because you could have just been nothing. You could have just sat there. So that's fucking cool, man. So I guess uh, what happens after that point? Are you grinding it out? Are you still making your rhymes on the side? Are you kind of moving on from that? What's going on in your life? Um, at the time, I was working with a homie of mine who, you know, he knocked on my door and was like, hey, you know, do you want to buy a CD? And I was like, yeah, sure. You know, I purchased one of his mixtapes and I was blown away because at that point I still hadn't recorded anything other than on a fucking little MP3 player through the microphone with the beat playing in the background and shit like what, that. You used you to know? do that? Nobody... Didn't everybody? Nah. Nah, for real. Not everybody did. I did not do that. You know, I actually learned a lot through this channel because here's one of those weird things. Sometimes, okay, when I talk to guys in New York, they're all like, you know what I mean? And I'm like, dude, how could I know what you mean? I didn't grow up in Harlem. I don't know fucking anything about, like, fucking hip-hop culture in the 80s and 90s. Like, dude, I was in Montreal, right? Like, we were having language yeah. politics issues. That was dominating our... So, so, nah, man. And then we all grew up at different times. So, for some people, the same version of what you're doing is to using tapes and eight tracks and shit. So, why I actually want to stop and just kind of focus and hope that you can break it down a little bit more is because by hearing people's little tricks on how they circumvented shit to improve their craft we call those knowledge nuggets um that's how we can kind of take those ideas and adapt them into the modern world because maybe there is a kid sitting there right now with an mp3 player and some shitty equipment that goes wait i can start doing that just because you said that you know what i'm saying yeah this was also pre-internet so there was no easy way to distribute it you couldn't send it to a friend or nothing like that unless you um figured out a way to get that that voice file onto a computer and then transfer it over to a buddy's thing, which uh, yeah, gets labor intensive, man. So tell us about how you actually did this recording with the MP3s. Sitting at the computer with tiny little, uh, tiny little computer speaker with the, the MP3 used to have a, a voice recorder and a microphone on it. And okay. we used to just, I used to just cut from front to back, a full fucking track, hooking everything in one take, man. You, what you're saying is fucking amazing, okay? Like, because actually, um, I can picture those little voice recorder things that, like, you could take notes on. I can picture actually sitting there and doing some shit like that. I don't know that I ever did it, but I think it's fucking cool that you did it, right? And if we think about yeah. it, all of our phones right now, even the shittiest of the shitty phones have a voice recorder on it. And everybody's got a shitty of the shittiest speaker. So now everybody in the whole world can start home recording because Iraq told us the tricks right here, right now. It was a lot of practice, man. It was a lot of, you know, you got to do it in one take because there was no layering. So then I learned um, what people would do after that in the olden days with tapes. And this, I can see Merker uh, shows up in the chats now. Merker was, I believe. Maybe it was Merker, if not, whatever, I'm embarrassing myself. But somebody was saying they would then layer ad-libs on top of that. So you'd have your vocal layer on tapes, and then you would run it one more time and put an ad-lib layer on it. So at least uh, in today's world, we could actually really emulate that experience too, because then you could play back through the speaker and add in extra layers and shit. But no, nah, I love the fact that you said you have to practice this. 
Listen, man, there's nobody that really sounds as finessed as you do that didn't put in a fuck ton of practice that nobody saw. Okay, like, I heard it, dude. I heard it. It was it was Merker. He said it. He lulled. Um, but uh, basically what I'm saying is that I hear the practice in your bars. Okay, like, I hear it. And that's part of why I got excited as the, the pre-interview went on. And I'm like, yo, no shit. This guy's actually fucking good, dude. Like, actually fucking good. Not like... Thank you. Thank you. Cause yo, you never know. Like maybe you won a contest one time and you go listen and it's kind of whack and it's like, oh shit, I'm about to fake some shit. But no, nah, this was like <laughs> sincerely like fucking dope. But now you're like dropping fucking knowledge nuggets on us and you're like proving how fucking smart but resourceful you are, right? Because yo, listen, a lot of people out there talk excuses, excuses, this and that's right. Urox telling us about how to jerry rig some MacGyver shit at home to get your practice on, Bruh. One take front to back, two sixteens and a hook, man. Nah, I mean, life is a lot simpler now, so you don't necessarily have to do that. But the fact is, you need to know that people like Iraq exist that are willing to do that. And we're all playing the same game on this internet world, right? Um, so that's fucking fire, dude. And when are you doing this? How old are you? Is this like when you're a teenager or is this later on? Yeah, late teens. You know, we're talking 17, 18 or something like that fucking cool dude that's all i'm saying yeah the uh the the homie who came to knock on the door and uh was doing the mixtape thing him and i ended up getting together and uh forming a group we called it sun which was straight up natives nice and we we cut two mixtapes in our time the first one was done all on like stolen beats and and uh, mainstream beats and shit like that. Um, but yeah, we cut that on, I think it was Cakewalk Studio or some shit like that with uh, a DJ mixer and like a shitty, shitty handheld karaoke mic. Yo, a game with the resourcefulness. But the truth is, now you're sitting here in an interview and you're like, bro, so we formed a group called Straight Up Natives and we cut a tape. So even if nobody heard it, you made it and you're talking about it today it just shows how fucking yeah. resourceful you are dog yo karaoke yeah, mics are overrated yeah. uh, underrated yo if you don't have a mic it's better than nothing you know like they they do have a sound <laughs> i mean i've also recorded on stuff like uh rock band microphones a rock band mic will work yeah. if you uh if you set everything up right I mean, like, we're not, but again, you said mixtape again, so you're not like trying to front, like, yo, this is a studio thing, but yo, like, I actually want to make a mixtape series called Sounds Like Shit so I can get away without mixing or mastering it just to, like, fucking <laughs> rap on it. That's like, those are like down the line ideas I have, but like, yo, it's a mixtape. It doesn't have to sound good. It has to, it just has to be a bunch of fucking raps of the shorter variety. Wait a second. All the singles are two minutes now. All those mixtapes are like two-minute shits back in the day. Wait a second. Maybe mixtapes had a huge influence on music that people... Actually, I just thought of that right now a little bit, yo, because I'm trying to look for connections in the world. But the more I learn about the mixtape hustle, yo, like, seriously? Seriously? Mixtapes had a huge influence on the modern mainstream shit. So just the fact that back in that era you were fucking with it shows you had a finger on the pulse in the real shits. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I talk a lot. Sorry to, to cut you off. Yeah, my first my first one, I actually remember, you know, and Jesus Christ, uh, the, the labor intensity of that as well 
was just something else to just sit there all night long and burn CDs off the same desktop all night long, burning CDs, you know, marking them up and stuff like that. And you did that. I remember I went in, I went into school like just before I got the boot there with a stack of 30 mixtapes. And it was, you know, we were selling them for 10 bucks a pop or something like that. And it was at the time, you know, one of the fastest $300 I've ever made, man. Hold up. So you're a teenager and y'all make this bootleg mixtape within the means of what you can produce. So not to say that is bad. It's amazing because you did it. Okay. I didn't do no shit like that. You did shit like that. And then you flipped it and made some money. Yeah. Bruh. That's some knowledge nugget shit right there you shared. Because you so like you you did it, right? It didn't it didn't necessarily matter that like people listened to it or not. I'm sure they did. But the fact is you created something and you put it out into the world and surprise, surprise, easy three hundred dollars in your hand. Why? Because you put that labor of effort in look, everything we're doing has a, a bit of a labor uh, attached to it, right? There's almost I mean, yes, these days there's less labor attached to much things, but because you did that shit, you stood out and you created something that was worth purchasing. You made a mixtape at a time when people were not probably doing that around you. I'm assuming maybe everybody's. Are people doing that? Do you guys have like a popping music scene where you're from or are you like a, one of the first dudes to do it where you're from? I'm definitely a pioneer where I'm from. Uh, I live in a very small place, and not a lot of people are doing this. Yo, incredible, dude. Yo, for real, that's really incredible. Like, I live in Montreal. Like, I'm blessed. I have, like, a whole fucking city's worth of fucking people for days and shit. It has its own problems, don't get me wrong, being super saturated, but we have ecosystem shits like studios and stuff where in a way you may not have access to all of that. So, again, that resourcefulness is fucking fascinating. Um, but, uh, so go on. Uh, yeah, no, I was just agreeing. Um, but yeah, as far as that goes, so you, you guys did the first one on other people's beats, which is fair enough. And then you said you made a second one. Yeah. Uh, that one was okay. real beats or not when I say real, like your own beats or was it again, uh, other beats? Um, again, it was, uh, you know, just stolen beats off of, you know, um, just, beat websites and stuff like that. We just ripped beats off of YouTube and just everything was just stolen. We couldn't afford shit. Yeah, I don't have any disrespect for that. A lot of people may not like it, but then I found out, like, like, what am I going to do? Not everyone can afford some shit. And you're young when you're doing this, too. We're not even talking about, like, 33-year-old employed person stealing beats off of YouTube and sending putting money into the scene. That's a different reality than young guy trying to get his name out, trying to get a thing on. In the Yo, this is not even nowadays times. It's probably, like, the early internet before a lot of us even knew better. Like, why would we think twice about half this shit? We didn't know better, you know? Now it's a different fucking yeah. world. Um but uh, I definitely really just appreciate you sharing your experiences because even on the front where it's like, yo, we don't necessarily understand how easy things are today compared to what it is, right? Like we don't understand it fully. So you sharing this with us helps us have a better sense of context for the, 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 the luxuries that we have today with our multi-screen setups and this, that, the next thing, you know, like it's nice, all things considered. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. So you guys made those two things. Were you performing? Were you doing that kind of shit too? Um, here and there, once in a while, you know, like I said, I live in a small spot. So, and my stuff wasn't 
all too family friendly and a lot of the performance <laughs> opportunities that I had were like, hey, come perform at this this uh, this gathering or this this you know event that we got. Oh, by the way, it's family friendly. Do you have anything for that? Yeah, yeah, no thanks. I don't. <sighs> yeah, I understand that feeling too. Um, that's fucking uh, a real thing though. And it's actually like a good thing to take away is you might want to have a couple family friendly ones up in your arsenal or at least be like, I can edit it, you know, like in a way, like just because there are opportunities that exist that might be family friendly or whatever. Like once I had to perform in a cafe and they're like, you can't swear here. And I'm like, and then I swore in my intro. I didn't swear on the song. I said, Oh fuck, I can't fuck it. And you know, I got to have like a that moment. And then they all laughed, but, um, no, it's actually really important to be family friendly. So thanks for sharing that. And gorgeous doggy. I'm a big dog person. That's fucking cool. Thank right? you. Um, so what comes out to these two mixtapes for you? Uh, work, uh, built a career. Um, just kind of put that whole, uh, like the rap thing on a back burner for a bit. Continue to dabble in it, you know, drop a track here and there over, she's, seven years eight years or something like that maybe a handful of tracks i'm talking eight or nine mm. um and then i met uh i met another homie who heard me rap made beats and was like dude all your beats are coming from me now um you don't need to steal these things anymore just come and mess with me he's like dude i bang out like 10 beats a day i'll send you stuff all the time and so at that point i had i don't know what i'd like to call an exclusive producer who would just make me stuff just constantly getting beats over the internet and we also rap together too how, so. how did you meet him because that's some fire shit actually and it's right again knowledge nuggets right relationships are key I have a guy that makes me beats and I have a relationship with that guy. And honestly, it was huge for me early on. He hooked me up proper. So I understand the power of what it is to have a producer that is willing to make beats just for you. How did you meet that guy? How did that actually happen a little bit? We had a mutual friend who used to kind of, you know, talk about us to us, if that makes sense. You know, like we never really met. He was from another town. Um, but this, this homie of mine would, you know, tell me, oh, you gotta, you gotta meet my buddy. Uh, I think at the time he went by the name J boy or something like that, but it was like, you gotta meet him. You gotta meet him. And, uh, yeah, one day I was chilling at the bar and this dude come around the corner and, you know, I knew the, I knew the girl who was on his arm and, uh, she introduced me to him, said, you know, this is so-and-so and was like, yo, I heard about you, man told him I'm E-Rock and you know it was just hey I heard about you too and it's mm. like come with me we went around the back of the bar and we busted a bunch of freestyles and it started from there so yeah I gotta say there's another knowledge nugget packed into that shit it's the power of uh, other people talking about you actually so we had this little thing where people are learning about marketing for the first time like real marketing and social media land and um so often you'll have this thing where people share their own shit. Like when I share my own song, you don't click on it half as fast as when you share my song, then people might actually click on it. And if I share you sharing my song, well, then people might click on it more because this is this power in other people talking about you. 
And in a lot of ways, if y'all really want to up your social media game, find four homies, pay the money, and get them to share your tracks when you post them. Pay them 10 bucks to share your shit. They'll probably do it for a fucking gram or whatever. <laughs> you know, like, and then, uh, watch how you get fucking better results than just sharing your own stuff. Not, not you. I actually don't know, but you shared my shit. And I saw the number of people interested in the event go up. More so than when I share my own event. Just to show you, it's like a real thing that even I witnessed. I had a little data point from you. And because you, sh I mean, yes, I also shared it to the Beat Genius, uh, or to the, to the group. But then because Beat Genius approved that and let it be there, you know, it kind of co-signed it. So these social validation points increase the reputation in the eyes of some people. Not everybody, whatever, but it just like on a subtle level does that. So even in your story, you had this other person that kind of hyped up both of you to each other. So when you both met, you both knew who each other were, which kind of made it more of a respecting, a more interesting mutual thing, which led to a great relationship in your life. So in a lot of ways, people bigging up your friends and shit and creating these kinds of networks in their life is one of the best ways you can help people grow so thank you again for sharing such a wonderful nugget so, yeah it was definitely an interesting one so um what happens then with this you get all these beats coming in are you set up to record at home do you have a studio what's going on in that part of your life um, it was, you know so makeshift with the, the shittiest mic in the world and the the setup was just so bad and so wrong, but I just, you know, kept listening to mainstream stuff and trying to emulate the sound in terms of the mix and stuff like that with what I had. But yeah, we made a lot of music together, him and I. Mm. Um, some of that Spotify stuff that's on there, like if you all just try that, leave them spinning track. Mm. Um, what else is there that that fool made? Leaving spinning was like, it sounded young and fast paced. That was the one thing I noticed. I was talking about, like, I remember I was having this moment listening to your shit before, and I was like, wow, look how slow and message driven he is. So fucking cool. And then leaving spinning comes on, and you're like, bah, 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 bah. and I'm like, that had to be like a younger you. And then I realized that as you got older, your shit slowed down, and that was fucking cool. But yo, leaving spinning is fucking cool, dude. I liked it a lot. Great tune. Thanks. When did you make that? Uh, it's quite some time ago, six years ago fucking cool dude yeah there's you know there's way more stuff out there that him and i have created together just in terms of both you know the artistry and rapping and me on top of his beats and stuff like that but uh you know i fell out with my rap crew and i no longer fuck with these fools so sometimes i tried i tried to happen. ghost as much of that work with them as possible you know move on and i started you know, posting my stuff on all streaming platforms, you know, Spotify and stuff like that to gain a different fan base. Hold on, just shout out XXGager11XX for the follow because that's the rules on Twitch. When you get the follow, you have to shout out the person. That's just the rules. Um, but yo, I actually really empathize with that idea. Like, um, you don't have to really talk about the fallout stuff. I'm not that like we try not to be that like drama and whatever here But it is really interesting what you said too um, Because what you didn't say was like whatever whatever happened you were like look I had to cut out the negativity from my fucking life and then rebrand and reorganize and make some shit happen for myself and I think in a lot of ways as we grow up as people a lot of us go through that type of shit. A lot of us actually have experiences like that. And like literally, man, I know so few people from my past today. And it's not disrespected. And we just all went in different directions and shit. It just kind of is what it is. Um, but we did get a question from Ismail. 
Um, and I, I like the crowd questions too because it makes my life a little easier. But uh, which of your songs has your favorite beat? Like, which beat is your favorite song uh, of all of your songs? Mm, that is a tough one. I like uh, Fundamental Transformation just due to the simplicity of it. Mm. You know, um, it's just keys and drums. That's it. No bass line. When I was making that beat, I was supposed it was supposed to be a collabo beat with somebody, so, which is why it's so basic. And then there's other beats like um, Microphone Monsters. And when I made Microphone Monsters, I knew I was on some shit, man. Like, that is such a... A killer beat. It's got a hard West Coast vibe to it. I do like it a lot. That one, like, really, really popped out. Um, so I feel you on that. It does have a great vibe. Um, I know that every time the second guy came on, I didn't know which one was the second guy. Um, it was like, whoa, that guy's voice, that delivery. Like, no offense to you, that guy stole that shit. It was a fucking bang out. Fucking, you're you're great too. But like that guy's voice is so standout. So just the fact that you chose to work with him was just wisdom on your end and everything about that song is a smash man and i'm not gassing you up i listen to a lot of music so if i lie it fucks up my reviewer reputation so i'm saying straight up dude you have a very powerful and really good sound so i encourage everyone there to check it out i see 14 people on the twitch so what i'm gonna do right now while y'all are here i'm gonna link the man spotify so y'all can at least give it a little listen i don't want to play the music myself because i don't want to like fuck up the the facebook streams but uh, that's just kind of it. So y'all can give him a little follow poo and show some love like that because, yo, his music's dope, honestly. Um, so basically, you're creating a bunch of stuff from that time. And part of what you're releasing now is, is like all of what you're... Um, if all of what you're releasing now, is it like related to stuff from back then? Or did you like transition into new stuff over the point? And I guess... Uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm. A, I'm not sure when we are in the timeline as this whole. Beat. Like, when did this whole beat arrangement happen? Like, what year was all of that going down? Uh, man, it was like ten years ago or something like that. I first met the old man, and uh, and him and I kicked it off. And then I think, yeah, over the next like six years seven years after that him and i clicked and, and made a whole bunch of music together and some of which like it was never ever released like i still got stuff on my computer right now with that guy on it on top of his own beats that i'm not sure what i'm gonna do with you know like well we got an interesting comment from Mercury music and i don't want to like chastise and but he says there's no need to call them fools because if you were once cool there's a respect that can be kept and then if you think that bigger and further Maybe down the line, there's a way to bridge gaps. That's what the show's called, right? Bridge the gap. And maybe there's a way to repair a relationship that was once bad and actually get out of it a whole new series of shit. Because what I can tell you is the music you have released with it is actually fire. And it really sounds dope. And I don't know what happened. I don't know. I mean, life has a lot of moments where sometimes you have fallouts and sometimes there's big, what um, there's happy moments and sad. And I don't, it's, you know, it's all up to y'all in the future. But it just means that maybe there's a possibility it could go in that direction. Definitely, which is why I still hang on to this music that I'm in these collabos that I've done with this guy, you know. And um, I don't mean no disrespect to anybody when I call them fools. It's just right. kind of what I call people. Like, you know, I'll come down, mm. come down and around the corner to my workmates and call them fools. Like, what are you fools doing over here? Okay, okay, okay. 
Yeah, sometimes uh, when we don't know you, like we miss, we sometimes you know have our own feelings that we we attach to it. Yo, personally, I'm bad at humor, so I get in trouble all the fucking time on Facebook because people like make jokes. Like you know Josh Coulter, you must. I don't know if you've seen that guy's name. And so at first, I didn't understand how he posts and stuff. Right, I didn't understand it personally. I was like, yo, this is some weird shit. And then I thought he was like, uh, I felt away, but then, but then. I proceeded to realize this is just his sense of humor and he's just trying to have fun in his own fucking weird way and like i'm like oh i get it now but a lot of times people will like like fucking show up and like my make a joke that i never heard them talk before and then i'm like i take them seriously or whatever and then they get mad at me and i'm like oh i'm sorry for fucking up your day i just you, i didn't get your joke my bad so you know, <laughs> i totally fucking relate to all of this man because yeah, like Merker's saying, when we heard it, it kind of felt like you had some beef that went down. We didn't necessarily think about it from the perspective that that's like camaraderie. So, yo, actually, that's crazy, right? That's a, that's a huge lesson, I think, just this moment. This is what happens on Facebook all the time, and I don't think people realize. You said something that made sense to you. I heard the word fool, and I'm like, that's a negative word. And then I didn't even consider <laughs> it like that, right? So everybody fucking can learn from that situation, and I think it's fucking cool. So thanks again for sharing everything that you're sharing. It's fucking fire, man. Um, so that's yeah, I've about been called, uh, I've been called abrasive more than a few times, you know? You know, it's a, it's a learning world, man. Uh, but you're abrasive, but at the very least, I feel a humility in you. I feel like you're willing to put in work. I feel like you're grinding proper, and at the end of the day, the music sounds dope. And at the end of the day, you didn't just win that contest because you were trash. <laughs> you know, you came in and you did your thing and you fucking won that shit, you know? Like, it was fucking legitimate. Everything about yeah. the presence and the personality. Okay, yo, at the end of it, he's like, yo, I'm gonna run up on you, Scotty, and jack that beat. And like, it was just fucking the little flair of it. I fucking liked it. It was fun. Um, <laughs> so I guess you're doing all of this and in the early 2010s, right? And then what happens next in your life as this is all going on and you, are you, you're still working, dibbling and dabbling? Or like, at what point does it like elevate to like, yo, this is like it? Uh, not until like very, very recent times. I'm talking the last, you know, couple of years where I've really just sat down and taken my craft seriously and stems from that, you know, quote unquote beef with these guys because you know, having that having that fallout just made me want to succeed a little more and, you know, have a lot more people recognize, you know, that my craft is a serious craft. I'm, I'm real when I talk about this. No, I feel that. Um, so, like, I can empathize heavy with that. Like, just the idea of having people respect you for what you do especially when they don't know your whole story they don't know that you put in all this time your whole life into trying to build up something and then uh they just see a thing here and there and they think whatever about it and i mean in some regards a lot of us maybe are not the greatest marketers of ourselves so we didn't do a great job of sharing our music but i empathize so heavy with the idea of what it feels like to be like nah i gotta get these people to take me seriously I gotta do something fucking proper. I gotta. Like that moment when it stops being like, yo, fuck them. And it's more like, okay, I have to do something different. And that's, I think, the biggest knowledge nugget that I think we've gotten so far because at the end of the day, that's where you really start to grow, right? Because that's when you realize it's more, it's okay. The doggy's cute. We all fucking feeling it. It's the Twitch world. It's live. It is what it is. Everybody knows what's up. 
side topic are y'all in lockdowns where you're at because we just got curfews where i'm at and so i'm mad curious it's not a full lockdown um you know there's guidelines in place that everybody still follows but it's not a full lockdown mm. that's a blessed situation i'm not trying to be like how the fuck am i gonna get to the grocery store before 7 p.m <laughs> but uh yeah, it's fucking weird. Uh, but yeah, that's crazy though. So, what happened to make you like? Is there a specific moment that like actually made you go, bro? I gotta do it like this. Like, I gotta. And how did you actually start to take it more serious? So, there's one thing to say, I take it more serious. But what were the actual moves you started to do to make it more serious? Um, I upped my equipment game for sure. Um, you know, I just stopped thinking around with, you know. Uh, shitty microphones and and you know DAWs that were just half ass and okay, what's you know, a I had to sit down and purchase I know what a DAW um, is but sometimes I ask questions like I don't know what it is so for the people that don't because I know that not many people know what a DAW is I call them DAWs <laughs> uh, digital audio workstation no is... something that something that you can uh, you, you either make make sounds with a MIDI controller, you know, make beats or you record on it, you know, big facts. So like pro tools and all that shit. Yeah. Um, I just cause yo, if you actually want to Google how to do stuff, you actually need to use DAW if you want to really actually be efficient on Google when dealing with sound issues, because if that's how all the people talk about it, so if you're trying to be like sound program or whatever, you're fucking done. You need to say DAW. <laughs> DAW is what it is. Or DAW. I might be saying it wrong. I've never actually like talked about it before in real life. So it's interesting to hear you choose DAW and I went with DAW. <laughs> I don't know if there's like yeah. a real one out there. Um, that's fair. That's a great thing too, man, because up in my gear was huge for me. It was about 2016 and I spent most of that year slowly acquiring gear so that I could like pop off and actually do shit at home because I realized that I was spending too much money at the studio because over yeah. here we have studios, right? So I could just go spend money there. And it wasn't like that the rate was bad. It was that like you have to spend like the hour and a half to get there or hour to get there and then you're there, right? You know, and then you're gonna wanna smoke a little doobie but now that little doobie you're smoking is like you're paying money to smoke that joint. You know, like, and then like you're you're sitting there and you're you got stress, you got the clock ticking, and it's like boom, 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 boom. So you're you're fucking compromising a little bit on quality. This is me. This isn't everybody's experiences. I'm just expressing mine. So I don't really like that vibe. So I up my gear. I got shit. I made it all happen. It took so long, dude. It took so much time to fucking get the gear in in place. So I don't know how long it took you, but for me, it took ages. And then I was able to produce. And it changed my whole fucking life. So I like the fact that you shared your fucking gear part. Because that was a great place to start if you want to up your shit. Getting gear. The audio interface, man, is one of the biggest things. You got to stop messing around with the USB microphones and buying audio interface. Mm-hmm. Which you one? Know, it really takes your, uh, takes your sound to a whole new level. That's a big facts. Um, I mean... There are okay. Look, if you try to do like podcasting shit, don't worry about it. USB mics is cool with you. If you try to do music, it's probably advisable to go with the more audio interface, and that's also known as the sound card. People call it the sound card. 
audio interface to inter uh, external audio sound cards and shit. Like people use these language interchangeably. So you just need to know that when you're doing your Googles. But yo, I think it's fucking important shit, man. I got uh, which 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 uh, audio interface do you have? Um, currently I've got a Behringer X1622, um, like a 12 channel mixer. Nice. That's fire. Um, yeah, she's, uh, a USB mixer. So everything in and out of the mixer prior to the recording program. Yeah, that's some fire though. Dude, that's actually cool, man. That, that means all the actual work is done in the mixer and you can manage that shit and then it runs a final sound to the usb reducing fucking workload on your computer is that what i understand is happening here pretty much yes oh shit so if you ain't got a baller ass pc buying this little piece of gear here is effectively going to go ahead and save you the big money to upgrade the heart because computer upgrades are mad expensive we all know what it is so this is like a, a way to manage the workload <clears throat> Yeah, that's fire though. That's fire. Thanks for sharing that, dude. Yeah, and uh, I'm still rocking and what is that, an Apex 560 or I can't remember what the hell this microphone is. It's one of the first uh, first condenser mics I paid for anyway, and she's still holding strong, so I don't see a reason to upgrade. Fair enough, man. I feel that entirely. Um, I got this sure from work because they do webinars from them. So technically I don't own this one mic here, but everything else is mine. Uh, but yeah, I got a focus, right? 18 I eight. Cause I needed four XLR inputs so I could podcast with a bunch of people in the room. And that was my main priority. But yo, it's fucking cool that you have gear, man. I like talking about gear. I fucking find it really dope. I also like how you have multiple monitors behind you. That made me like you more. I'm not going to lie to you. The second I saw that, I'm like, yeah, man's got a dual screen setup. That's what the fuck it is. He knows how to save time. Um, yeah, man. It's all about, you know, increasing the workflow and productivity. You know, it's like flipping through, you know, windows on one screen just wasn't doing it for me fair enough yo i'm not even gonna lie it sounds a little bit like this sounds a little choppy choppy and sometimes that happens with zoom so what i'm gonna suggest is that you dip off the call jump back on the call and if you can do that on what i'm gonna do at the same time is actually throw up a be right back screen uh so cool um we saw just bumping your shit for a quick second and now we are back into this interview vibes so i guess um what i'm super curious about too right not just the gear part but like, what else changed in your world? The bars of death thing, man. I got introduced to uh, online competitions. When did that happen? Because like, how old are these things? Like for me, it was very recent. I discovered them. Me too. Last year. Oh man, for me but, it was like uh, three months ago. <laughs> so like last year is crazy. Tell us about that. When I've done a, a few competitions prior to that. Um, but it was just, you know, some, somebody sent me here, try this, here, try this. But last G February, um, I had a 32 bar competition get thrown in my lap um, from a homie, an old workmate that I uh, still chat with. Shout out, bud. Um, so I entered that. And then there was the RZ, destroy the beat competition which introduced me to people like fats and bars of death and bars of death has been on ever since. 
All right, so you got to pretend that, well, I know exactly what you're talking about given the nature of how we met and what's happening on this interview. There's going to be a whole lot of people that are going, what in the fuck is this man going on about? And so what we're going to have to do now is have you actually break down with a little bit of detail as though maybe, you know, some people who don't really know about the Facebook group rap contest grand type shit going on. And, um, you know, explain what it is. Also, kudos on your logo placement. My girlfriend just pointed that out. You got it on the monitor. You got it on your shirt. You got your logo all over branded. You got the family shit up there going. I'm a dad. I'm fucking killing it. Yo, good setup, dude. I like that. Thank you. All right, so tell us about the Facebook groups and how you got into it and actually what it is, what it's like, what it means to be a part of this stuff. So the 32-bar competition that I was first entered into last year was just, you know, they, they provide you a beat and they challenge you to come up with the best 32 bars that you can or whatever have it, the, uh, the stipulations of the bar lengths. Um, and, yeah, you write and record the specified amount of bars and you submit it in competition with other MCs that uh, are doing the same thing for uh, a bit of a prize pot, you know? Sometimes there's merch, sometimes there's money, sometimes there's promo, you know? Stuff like, you know, an interview with... Uh... That's true. I guess that is a part of the prize. This this was, in fact, attached to contest. In fact, Montreal people, if you participate in the Smoking Ink contest and you win that, this could be you because that's also a prize in that contest. Um, so, yeah, that's actually true, man. It's uh, do you feel like so do you feel like this contest grind, this whole like universe is worth pursuing? Oh, man, the uh, the amount of networking that has taken place since I've been involved in all of these contests has just been phenomenal, man. Like I would have never have met, you know, three quarters of the artists that I work with and the producers that I talk to, uh, had it not been for these contests. That's a big fact, eh? And so what exactly is bars of death? How does their tournament, cause they, are they the ones with tournaments? Is that how they're the ones that? Because I'm, I'm not. I don't know. I follow some of it. I know there's also a UBZ, I think, and there's there's a couple of the little other ones that are coming out. Um, but yeah, so like, basically, um, it was an interview Ismail as part of the prize. But we kind of listened to his music beforehand. I was just answering that. Also, do you have merch for sale? Uh, your lady friend Bonnie asked if you have merch for sale. That's a yeah, good I got thing. merch for sale. Awesome. Uh, how do people buy merch from you? Um, just shoot me a message and we'll set something up. That's fucking fire. So that's how you would get merch from him. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's fair enough. Um, so how does all it work? Like, how do you participate in some of these ones? I know some of them are like 16 bar shits where you throw down a 16 or a 32 or whatever, and you fucking record it on your phone and motherfuckers do the judging behind the scenes and then prizes get announced. But I know that bars of death in particular has a few other formats. So how do you see this actually playing out? Why do you think this is actually that dope? Um, the reason I find that I'll mess with bars of death a lot more than any other uh, competition is they are very fair. Like I have seen judges in this, uh, in this group, you know, pick another artist over a homie that they grew up with, you know, and it's just, there's, there's no bias over there. Um, but you know, shit, I totally fucking no worries about it. It's how it is. Dude, we're live. 
yo, you know how many times I fuck up when we're live? You know how many times? All the fucking time. I say dumb shit every day, man. Nah, it's totally fine. Uh, like, cause yo, tell us about the tournaments, cause I haven't actually done a lot. I, I see there's tournaments playing out, and then there's like actual little celebrity people. It's like there's tears to this shit, right? Like, I, I mean, for me, it's interesting. I'm not like I'm new to this culture, right? So like, and it's a culture, okay? Like, it's a. It seems like almost like a battle rap ish facebook like a, so what i can almost trace it back is down to the sound click battle rappers moved this whole journey towards shit like bars of death like if you follow the history from what i've been able to surmise it kind of grows to like and this is like the manifestation of what previously existed in forums in 2003. so this has actually been like a culture that has always been around on the internet and it's just manifesting so i'm like new guy in here i don't know fuck all about half this shit i'm not even gonna lie i understand the ones that are like write songs and shit because i'm like i know how to write songs but yo man it's all like this battle rappers and shit and why do i say that because yo you hear the bars and you're like yo you are all like predominantly battle rappers doing this shit for like the most part so it's fucking interesting and then i feel like these tournaments are like that they're like a manifestation of like battle rap in a sense these two guys is going at each other i mean i don't know if i'm right about that is that how it works with bars of death and them somewhat um when i was first introduced to them i had somebody message me and say hey i'm running this uh I'm running this page and a contest called 16 bars of death, which is what it was called at the time. And, uh, he said, you know, Hey, there's a, I think at the time was a $5 entry fee to play and winner of it gets paid out hundred percent of the pot. Hmm. Uh, I figured, you know, uh, is it worth it? You know, do I throw five bucks down? I was like, fuck it. It's five bucks, man. I threw in my five bucks and jumped into the ring and, you know, when I started, I was, you know, recording on my microphone and reading off my computer screen and shout out to the homie Fats for putting me on blast for that one. Not just me, but there were other artists that were still reading, you know, and he called us all out for it. And we're just like, you know, you guys are, this, this is a goddamn rap competition, man. You can't be reading. Mm. And uh, yeah, we. I ended up kiboshing the reading and learning to memorize over the past year. And it's just elevated my, my skill set. but we do more than just, you know, 16 bar competitions. The first one I entered was a kind of a, I wouldn't say a bracket style, but you know, judges would vote. This is amazing. Keep going. Judges were voting for, you know, I think there was like 16 of us or something. And, you know, nine move forward or 10 move forward and then we do another 16 on a different beat and then six move forward and then another you know so on and so forth till you were left to the last two and then the last one was picked and the formats have changed over time you know bars of death was the very first place where i've ever been in some sort of you know online battle situation where it was you know Fuck this guy. And I've, ne I've never battled before bars of death, but I came in and just, you know, my bars have always been very, very aggressive. I can say fuck you like 6,000 times in 6,000 different ways. <laughs> That's awesome. And um, yeah, 
Yeah, it really uh, translated through these videos and, and the bars of death thing. You know, they do one-on-one tournaments as well, bracket-style tournaments. They do pop-up events like uh, they got a Next 48 thing that happens over there where they throw up a poll. You're welcome to add your name in. Fans vote for who they want to see. And they send the beats out to the top two people who got voted for. And you got 48 hours to submit your verse. And it's a battle against these top two. Mm. So it's really um, right. Cool. So if it is right my... now, we're currently in uh, in a tracks of the Titans, What's that? which is a full full song competition. You know, you got to submit two sixteens and a hook at the very least, and that's due for the tenth. So I've been working on that. Yo, this is amazing. I mean, honestly, I'm not gonna lie to you. When I participate in these contests, I'm like, there's no fucking way I'm gonna win this shit. So I'm okay with reading. Because there's literally no fucking way I'm going to win this shit. I know I can, you know, do what I got to do. I actually faked it one time. I wrote it on the whiteboard behind me. And I put on sunglasses. And I pretended I wasn't reading. Just, just for the fun <laughs> of it. Um, I was like, fuck it. If I'm willing to fake it that good, fuck all y'all. <laughs> Nobody called me out on reading. But I'm like, yeah. Like, for me, it's like, it's fun. I want to participate, honestly, because it's a good time. I like posting them to Instagram half the reason i'm doing it is to post it to instagram i'm not even gonna lie to anybody i'm like oh you know sorry go ahead you know bars bars of death is where actually where i met um beat genius yo shout out beat genius who's watching this right now i see you i see you over there on facebook but like i barely see the facebook chat so shout out beat genius for holding it down and creating this opportunity because without beat genius I didn't, yo, he unlocked some things in my life, you know, got me seeing the future a little bit. And he, it's because of him we're even having this conversation. And he makes good That's beats, right. okay? He makes good beats. That's another cool thing about Beat Genius. Anyway. We, uh, actually, I think one of the, one of the first, uh, first tracks or, uh, 16s I submitted was on a Beat Genius beat. And, mm. uh, yeah, it was phenomenal. He was just like, he, you know, started commenting on my video, like, yo, your sound is so crisp and this, that, and the third. And then, you know, we get a few more competitions into it. And we are at, you know, 16 Bars of Death's first ever song competition um, where I banged out a full track, you know, like three full verses. And and uh, it ended up, you know, if you go back and look at the numbers, I pretty damn sure it's still bars of death's most shared and most reacted on uh track submission that they've ever had um which is a track called pick your man's up done on a beat genius beat hold up hold up that one i got i gotta just click on the spotify for a second that one is my favorite one in your songs straight yeah. the fuck up i'm not gonna lie if you actually go and check the earlier part of this video after the fact this very twitch video you're gonna watch me every time that song comes on start talking about a different part of your bars about how this is some real shit that you're spitting i love the tone on that song that song basically is what i call old man rap that's when you're basically tapping into your wisdom shits and you're recognizing things as they are and what's most important about that track to me is you didn't try to flex on some flow shit because the message really was the focus and most important part of that song so it was clear concise everything that you said is some shit where i'm like big facts on big facts on like every every last fucking little bar in that shit man i can't quote you on any of them now it was a bit of time ago and we've been talking but i'm just saying 
I love that song. Sincerely, dude. Thank it was you. really amazing. And yo, shout out Beat Genius. I had no idea he made the beat. So shout out both of yeah, you for creating yeah. a masterpiece right there. He actually customized that beat for me because the one that I did and submitted to the group was on a different Beat Genius beat. Mm. And uh, I ended up hitting him up and saying, you know, like, hey, let's let's customize something for this. Like, you know, the vibe that I'm going for with this track. You heard the the lyrics and the hook and everything like, you know, cook me something up and, you know, slid him a PayPal payment. And, you know, a week later, I had a, a custom beat for it. That's oh, amazing, man. And I say that's amazing because I had no fucking idea. That's just the truth of it. I do think Beat Genius is sincerely a good guy. And why am I plugging him again? Because, again, you got to plug to people who specifically give you opportunities in life. That's just the facts of how to grow and create a successful operation and agree to your commitments and blah, blah, blah. So shut up, Beat Genius, again. And honestly, I had no idea that that was it. But sincerely, of all your tracks, that was my favorite. Is that your best one? I don't fucking know. It's my favorite. That's all I can say. I can say subjective yeah. Holden's taste. So, But the truth is I, I really like it. I would listen to that again and again and again when I'm in that like pensive shit. So that's fucking cool. I like the fact that that got created out of one of these things because I feel like I'm trying to like introduce this idea a contest to people in my city like really heavy. So I had to throw my own just because if I put up money, then I clearly believe in it type shit. So like I'm really trying to like bring this vibe here because I see like the kind of culture that it's creating. Like the truth is on a networking front, bro, like I have met a whole lot of people, but you know what I also saw? A lot of fucking talent. Like I was cocky my first time and then I threw in my little fucking verse and I thought I was cool. And then I shut the fuck up after watching <laughs> entry after entry after guy like smoking and shit. Cause it was that $500 BWR shit that I got in on the first time, right? I did my shit. I love my verse because it was cool for me. It was like one of those, I always wanted to write this shit type of things. Those, that's not how you win a contest though. If you want to write it because of some shit you want to do, it's probably not a good contest vibe. Contests are about reading the room, guys. That's the facts of the situation. Read your fucking room. Anyway, um, so I go in there and then I'm watching people just blow it away. Like all these people coming through, just smoking it. And then I see the Beat Genius contest myself for the Octo Bars. And I'm seeing people just fucking smoke it there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to win this shit. Which is fine. I'm okay with never winning this shit. I would rather do like, yo, let me throw my logo on your contest and I'll talk to your winner. <laughs> that sounds more fun. <laughs> it's so stressing. For you guys that can do contests, like, yo, this shit stresses the shit out of me. That's the truth of it. I don't like competing like that i'm not really into it i do it like a lot of why i'm competing is because i can't get people in montreal to fucking like do contest if i'm not willing to do to myself type shit on some not be a hypocrite front so i have to do a, a little one two here and there but in general like i don't know how you deal with the stress of that shit it drives me fucking nuts i don't know how you can handle that deadlines man i work very good under pressure all right elaborate but yeah another uh Another thing, uh, just recently, you know, to stem, uh, to circle back to that Octobars thing, I think it was uh, Tino who ended up winning that. And I watched his interview on uh, shooting the shit, mm. and he was mentioning, you know, about about raising your presence. You know, you you can't just come in here and just and just throw an entry in every now and then and and have expect people to take you serious. Like you got to be consistent, and and consistency is a definite key in uh 
your online presence and how well or poorly people fuck with you, right? And I took that and I, I really ran with it. I was like, yo, the man is right, you know? So I just started entering everything that I possibly can. And, you know, and another thing is very recently I underwent uh, a knee surgery, which put me on the couch and gave me nothing to do but write rhymes. And it really stepped my pen game up. Yo, hold up. I got to pause there and give you some big props. Because a lot of people go through moments where they end up with a lot of free time out of nowhere. And they don't utilize that time in any kind of productive way. The fact is, um, if you want a contest that literally gave you some money, and I'm pretty sure it was American money, so the number's higher for you. Uh, therefore, um, like... And unlike you get the interview and all this other shit, like that means you earned it. Like you, you, you took a situation in your life where like bad thing happened and it sucks, dude. I'm sorry, dude. That sounds like it's fucking awful. I would be such a, I would not handle moments like that very well. I'll be honest with you, <laughs> but you took that and you rolled with it and you, you, you saw the opportunity and you, like, I'll be real. I don't have the time to go in a contest like that, like that for me, it's like a different world, but for what you're doing, you still made the most of it. And like in a lot of ways, there's a lot of people that are facing a reality in the same kind of way that you are, right? Where like they have a yeah. lot of free time on their hands and maybe it's not rhyming. Maybe there's another thing they could be doing in their life, but they could be using this time to to kind of acquire a new skill set and find a new network of people. Cause yo, I can tell you one thing, man. Like there's a lot of people at home. This is why it just worked out for me a little bit that Twitch is the shit and like people are willing to stick around <laughs> because there's a lot of people at home right now without a lot of things to do and Netflix is kind of shitty these days. So like here we are. Um, and yo, for real, we're still at 10 people and it's been kind of hovering that the whole time. So motherfuckers is invested in our chat, which is fucking amazing, dude, because you're an interesting guy. So I just think I want to thank you for that. But before we move on, we have a question from the homeboy Lindell Williams who's been down from... He's like, if there's a day one in terms of audience members, Lindell Williams is a fucking day one. And he goes, is there a music genre that you prefer to rhyme over as far as beats or making beats? Actually, do you make beats or do you just rhyme over beats? Yeah, yeah. I produce as well. So yeah, is, do you have a favorite genre that you are drawn to with regards to that? G-Funk. All day. Okay. I, if I could rap and rap over and make nothing but that West Coast G funk man, that's where I'm gonna live. Amazing. Uh, all right. For the sake of it, who are your favorite G funk people that are not Dr. Dre? Warren G, hands down. Fair enough. Who else do you like? Just let the people know. You know, people like Nate Dog, and and there were sounds that were coming out from too short that were just absolutely phenomenal um okay one of your songs has this bounce to it and i don't want to say it in case i look stupid but i was like that sounds so bay area just has like a wobble bounce to it and it felt like it was some bay area i can't remember which one it was so when you said too short right there i'm like no shit man i was able to feel that in one of your tracks right now ah oh, that's dope dude sorry go on yeah i mean just the i was heavily influenced by everything on the west coast i didn't start listening to east coast stuff till i was in my 20s pretty much mm. you know, i was just so uh so ignorant with you know west coast is where it's at west coast this and that and i like how you phrase that i used to pigeonhole myself when i was younger 
I, I'm not going to lie, and I'm not proud of this now, but I used to be Hobson's the shit, everyone else sucks type of guy. Like that crowd of people who was like, you know, a big Eminem stan and just kind of said everything else was trash. I used to be that guy. It's not my proudest moment. Um, but I, I like how you said it because to me, I felt like I was ignorant. And so now I feel like opening my eyes and listening to all sorts of other shit allows me to be able to hear your album, hear, well, projects. Um, I don't know. We'll talk about that in a quick minute. Um, and uh, like see a lot of your influences and embrace your music with a more deep ear and appreciate you in a bigger way. Uh, the homeboy Ismail has a question. All y'all watching, feel free to throw your questions. Yo, for real. Like, it's partly your interview as well as, you know, it's us, you know? Like, so feel free to just ask your questions. I talk a lot, but it is what it is. But do you listen to Brother Lynch Hung? <laughs> Brother Lynch Hung is the shit, man. Strange music, baby. That's awesome. I'm glad. I'm glad you like him. He's a fucking very talented guy. Um, that's fucking cool. Uh, so are these like albums you release projects? I noticed there's one that seemed to be like four tracks and then two singles with the same cover. And then all of a sudden the cover is black now. And is that a separate project? Can we just talk a little bit about your release strategy? Cause I'm super fucking curious about what you think about singles versus albums and the future of the game and all that shit. Um, the uh, the one with the four tracks on it was all old old projects that I had previously released on another platform. Yeah. Um, so these are tracks that people have already heard, but to get them up on uh, on all these other platforms, I just put them all together and and just threw it out. And then it was just all these singles with the the black logo on it. I just throw the logo on and release it as a single. I didn't care. It was just it was just a way to give everybody more music to listen to. Um, I currently am working on an album like I don't know every now and then I'll jump back into it when I'm not messing with these contests online but definitely got an album on the go so you know what's crazy is in your opinion then it's more important to be actively involved in this online contest grind as a way to further your career than it is to actually pursue creating albums. Now, why I think that's crazy is because I believe the future of music is going to change and album sales are going to become way less relevant. And what really is going to become relevant is your ability to get people to subscribe to you in some way or another. So when you're saying this contest grind is there and you're pointing out that you're able to get some buzz off of this shit and you're creating this huge network of shit and by being consistent and present with it, you're able to create this opportunity for yourself. If you're really playing your cards right down the line, it actually seems like a more viable way to flip your entire audience into paying subscribers than it is to even bump out an album. Just the way the world is working. Like, would you throw up a Patreon and try and like get some money like that? I mean, I'd definitely be open to uh, to options for sure. But yeah, you know, to to just in, invest in your fans a little more and try to grow your fan base through an online means is is definitely uh, a little trick that I picked up in the last year. You know, you got, got to got to evolve somewhere and uh, grow your fan base somehow. It just can't be you know release music and not have anywhere to post it or anybody but your circle of friends to listen to it yeah you're spitting huge facts dude like really huge fucking facts like that's actually really true because a lot of times we do end up in a place where 
you know, like somebody was saying yesterday, like on an average post, he gets 150 of the same people liking it. So yeah, he gets 150 likes, but it's 150 of the same likes. If nobody knew seeing it, is it really a performing well? If you always get 500 views, is that really good? So I like what you're saying because it implies that you have to cultivate and put effort into growing your audience and creating something that is bigger than what already exists, but with reference to your audience. So take a page and here's how somebody like you can flip that shit because Patreon is basically like this. You say for X dollars a month, you get this and you can even start with for $1 a month, you get nothing. Hells yeah, that's the easiest shit in the world. And then you just put a little Patreon link in all your fucking posts moving forward so people can go click on that and start donating to you if they're supporting you and believe in what the fuck you do. Maybe for $5, they get access to a Discord that you talk to them on. Maybe for $10, you bust a little one two sixteen for them that based on what, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't come up with all of the things you can deliver on. But as long, and I'm saying that it has to be deliverables because I read all the terms and conditions. But as long as you can consistently deliver a thing, and it can be a thing as small as a two-minute video saying thank you. It it could be whatever the fuck you want it could be merch items it could be all this shit and in exchange for whatever amount of money you want and fun fact they just introduced canadian dollars to their system fun fact so it'll actually be a little easier to get canadians on board these days and when i look at somebody like you i'm like yo shit man make a patreon like after this fucking call dog <laughs> like put up a one dollar a month support me and you may even make $10 today. I don't know. Maybe not. And it won't be today. It has to actually bill over in the next month. But I'm saying is think about it from that point of view, right? Because what you're saying is fucking powerful. And I think you're actually teaching us a little bit more about effective outreach marketing. So outreach marketing is when you um, go out of your way to market your brand in a more aggressive way. And there's a lot of corny ways to go about doing it. Smart ways to go about doing it is to hone your craft and participate in contests and to actually be like, yo, everybody seems to be cool with you, right? Like, um, you know, Sadistic, I don't know if you've ever heard of Sadistic, but he's really into Patreon as an independent artist. But a lot of people are fucking with it. I have a Patreon. Ismail is one of the patrons. Linda Williams is one of them. They're not like a lot of people, but like, yo, at a psychological level, dog, I'm telling you, man. It gives you the strength like you never thought you ever had knowing that some people believe in you that heavy right and you'd be surprised at how many people were believing you that fucking heavy with the kind of content you're fucking dropping man and yeah bandcamp's dope but patreon's the real shit <laughs> that's what i'm trying to tell everybody and you know what just to like not to go like too far deep with it i don't want to like bore everyone in tears but if you look at software marketing it's all subscriptions if you look at gaming it's like a lot of subscription shit going on but also a lot of microtransactions but when i say subscriptions i'm thinking more like the the pay passes with sony's and microsoft so a lot of subscription shit is creeping into gaming as well so everybody trying to get you on a subscription here and there so everybody's getting used to subscriptions and they're also used to paying their favorite youtuber and they're also used to fucking paying their favorite everybody and what else why wouldn't they pay their favorite bars of death rapper if if like there's so because i see in the comments a lot of times and this is a no disrespect there's a lot of eyes on you if you're in bars of death if that's true and you have a patreon then that should be a monetizable asset to have those eyes on you and that should be clean and legal because you fucking it's your patron so just to give oh. you an idea of how i look at that situation and so that's the kind of shit where when i'm hearing how your grind is working i'm like bro you're actually doing the th the fucking things man next thing you do is you fucking pop off at twitch and do all your writing on your twitch boom now you fucking creating content you own i'm just saying the world is vast 
Are you interested in the the internet and leverage? Because you already seem to. But how do you feel about shit like Twitch or all this other stuff? Oh, I don't know what to think about Twitch and stuff like that. That's a very you know, fair just, answer. Just kind of focus on you know these video submissions, and I'd definitely be open to uh, to expanding you know stuff like the Patreon and the Twitch thing. But and I have no clue what the hell I would do with a Twitch or you know some sort of online streaming service. Um. It's a hard thing to figure out. I'm not going to front like it was a fast thing for me to get into it. I act like it's an easy thing a little bit when I hype it up because you're supposed to when you're hyping shit up. But like the truth <laughs> is, is it took me a while. The best thing I can say is, so here's what I see and why I think Twitch is a fascinating place. The DJs of Montreal are all on Twitch. And not just the DJs of Montreal. Like the DJs are just all on Twitch spinning for like three, four hour sets and shit. And on Twitch, there's this feature called a raid. So at the end of our shit, I'm going to raid somebody, which means I take my whole audience and I dump them into the next man's audience. And the next man shouts me out and I get a couple little follows off of it. So it has like this network effect on it. And honestly, like even the bars of death people, all the contest people, it's like fuck off on the Facebook shit. Let's get on Twitch and make this shit real. Because on top of that, you can do stuff like play the beats and not have to worry about the copyright shits. It gets around that for the live events. Um, but we can all like kind of network in that way and then share audiences in a new and live way. So in a lot of ways, how you can grow your brand, honestly, just go write the shit live. Just sit there for four hours writing bars. If you're going to do it anyway, just do it with a webcam on. Oh, you're making a beat? Do it live. Just do it with the webcam on. And then just huh. fuck around with it. And you know what? People, you know, you know who did this to great success, actually? Just so you have a real name attached to it. Mike Shinoda from Linkin Park released like three albums this year called Quarantine Sessions or whatever. And he would just go live and make music and then released it all as albums on Spotify. Now I'm going to have to say Mike Shinoda from Linkin Park knows a thing or two about a thing or two, you know, because he's kind of huge. Um, so I'm saying that guy inspired me. So when I see somebody like you, like, look, I don't have the fucking time to sit there and do this as much as I would like because I'm doing this, which is fucking dope. I really like this. But for somebody like you, just to explain how it can work and for anybody watching, right? All you need to do is fucking set up your webcam through an OBS. Google how to use OBS. It's the easiest shit in the world once you Google it. Um, and then you run your shit and then just do normal shit. Dude, I have people sitting around. I made a Facebook event while we were listening to your music. Like I made a Facebook event for a future interview because I had to get it done. And I just did like fucking, I do sometimes just boring shit. And people stick around. It's the weirdest thing. If they feel you, <laughs> then you talk to them when they're there in the chat. And we you get to know them and stuff. And it makes you accessible in a way. So I'm not telling you I know all the answers for you. But that's just hopefully a little bit of inspiration for how you can think about Twitch. Patreon is about money. Think about things you can create for people. Definitely uh, keep that on the back burner for sure. Anyway. I'm always into that kind of stuff. But let's talk a bit more about, like, um, this contest shit for real. This, like, grind that you're in. So how many times have you won? Uh, I haven't won anything. I've placed a few times. Yeah, the well. Beat Genius Contest uh, was the first W for sure. That's super cool, man. Um, but Yeah, there's definitely been some placements. I think I took third with that uh, Pick Your Man's Up track. Um, Bars of Death's last tournament was a 16-man bracket style tournament um i moved through my side of the bracket to uh the finals 
against LMS. I am Ulysses is a was a monster, man. Mm. Holy crap! So speaking of um, that guy, just as a little tangent, he's the other beat genius winner that I owe an interview to, but he was too busy winning that shit to give me like the interview. <laughs> Big facts of what actually happened. Yeah, he's just he's on some other level, man, and just uh, came through and and hit us with some sick flows and a wow factor. But yeah, I made it to the finals of wrapping paper, which is a hell of a feature, man, because um, if you go back and look at the wrapping paper event that's in the bars of death and the lineup that's there, every single artist that was on that lineup in the roster is a phenomenal artist. Like that to this day was, in my opinion, bars of death's greatest card ever. Because, you know, we've we've gone through a few cards where it was like, yo, that battle was shit or that matchup wasn't the greatest. Like these artists didn't perform as well as we would have hoped. But this wrapping paper, man, holy crap, there was not a single matchup in a single submission that was garbage. Like everybody came with it and it gave the judges a run for their money, made them work. Yo, I love that you're describing this like this because it makes me think of wrestling. It makes me think of how we would talk about the pay-per-views back in the day. You know, this car was trash. This one was fucking fire. The matchups is real good and shit. And I already think there's a whole bunch of parallels between hip-hop and fucking wrestling and fucking superheroes and shit. So I think it's so cool that you're framing it like that. Also, it, like, it's so legitimate, right? Like, I know to a lot of people it might sound kind of goofy, but I'm pretty sure they're at, like, 7K in the group or something fucking huge like that. Like, it's a serious number. And now when you talk yeah, about... Yeah, I was up there. When you talk about Facebook group numbers, yo, those are invested people, man. They got some real hardcore, like, rider dies up in that group. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people like me who just lurk. I just watch. You see me just there. Uh, but there's, like, a lot of people, actually, I do pay attention to it. Like, I had seen your name before. I did know about the contest you're talking about by this time it was there. So, like man is this serious fucking world and a grind that's like popping off so let's talk about how you would advise a person listening to this to get into this grind in the first place what would be your tips on how to approach coming because you i blundered and i was arrogant and got fucked up and you know i wasn't the best so how would you tell somebody how to not be silly like me preparation man preparation is key you know practice and repetition man you know you get your bars down and you practice 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 until you've got your delivery down enough to where you're not going to fumble on cam your confidence comes across like 100 percent you know and uh speak yeah on that. just come confidence with it confidence comes across 100 percent. i saw confidence was a metric in one of these contents contest like it was a score on con i don't remember which one it was but somebody put confidence and i'm like that's a weird one what does that mean to you let's expand on that point um it kind of goes hand in hand with how your delivery comes across you know like you got to be confident in your, in your delivery you can't you know come in and, and like you, you've got to make me believe that you mean what the hell it is you're talking about man like you know if you're if you're going to tell me that you're going to kill me, God damn it. I want to feel like you're going to kill me, man. So as you say, there's a big theatrical component in a sense, not to call it fake, 
theatrical is about delivery it's just embellishment it's about like theater you know it's about the art of it all would you say that the theatrical component is mad important then to this shit definitely that's fucking interesting because yeah i'm not gonna lie i didn't try that hard my first one but by the end now i'm like fucking bopping around i'm trying to get all into it so i totally feel it it's like a big it's a show it's an online show that plays out that you can participate in in the comments and be like involved in the movements. And I love the collaboration between the different groups because, yo, for real, 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 it's like the same people in like all the groups. So you got to kind of know people here and there as it grows. Um, so without outside of preparation, what kind of bars do you think people should be bringing to the table? Like what kind of verses should you be writing? I can't really speak on that one. Um, the diversity from artist to artist is just, okay, it's fair. all over the place. And, you know, you got people like OG Verbs who will come in and hit you with some double time and ride the beat perfectly. And then um, there's some abstract flows like, um, I want to say Juicebox. Juicebox has a bit of an abstract flow, but he pulls you in with what he's got to say, you know, and no fair enough and man. then you know and then there's people like you know um lms and you know escapone with the wordplay and shit like that and then you know fats with his his smooth like veteran delivery and you know people like me who i've said it in previous contest submissions where it was you know i don't I don't rhyme for the sake of Ritalin, which is something that I heard at a young age. So I cooked, I cooked this bar, which said, uh, why rhyme to riddle when y'all mind is a little, mm. you know, straight to the fucking point. So yeah, we actually got a question from the comments that just popped in again, which is cool, man. We're like deep into this. We're like, what? It's an hour 30 at least now that we're into this. So yo, kudos dog. We fucking riding. Um, is there a weird place musically that you go to sometimes? that most people wouldn't assume for inspiration. John Mayo, BB King. Okay. Okay. That's fucking cool. I actually added another thought. So outside of rapping, what else are you into in your life? Tell us a little bit more about your hobbies and other interests. Work, man. I'm a big workaholic. I feel you know, like I I'm a carpenter by trade, and uh, no shit, that's so cool. What's it like? I to... love what I do, man. Yo, tell us about being a carpenter. Believe it or not, people who are invested in you will want to hear about what it's like to be a carpenter. It sucks. It's hard work. You're in the elements all the time. The people that you work around are nothing but assholes, man. Your higher ups don't think anything of you. But I wouldn't have it any other way, man. It's such a great environment all the time. You know, it, it definitely <laughs> keeps me out of trouble. It so, uh, <coughs> gives me something to do every day. So you're like, it's absolutely trash, but I love it. That is, that's a little <laughs> yeah. fucking funny. I'm not going to lie. Um, no, but it's cool. I actually kind of appreciate what you're saying. So I actually really love my job. I love what I do. I have a lot of trouble with the environment maybe because of the personalities and stuff, but I don't actually dislike it. You know, like I may complain for fucking days about it. You're, you're, who doesn't complain about their job? It's your fucking job. Yeah. You're kind of supposed to complain about your job. Isn't that like the normal people shit? You know what I'm saying? 
Not written rule. So like, look, but I love what you're saying because um, I don't know. There's sometimes this weird illusion out there that people like can get away with not working and rely on like raw talent to like bang shit off but like the fact is like to get beats kind of cost money right like and yeah to, to get like production, equipment yo equipment huge expense and all of it like did you design your logo um no i had it designed for me probably unfortunately had a fee right and it was worth yeah. it because that's a hype that's a fire logo actually it's actually like one where i'm like you know what regardless of your music i might like we rock that shit that's like a fucking cool <laughs> ass logo dude nah stop look at that shit and y'all can hit him up and fucking cop that merch that's what it is uh that's fucking dope right. dude how'd you get in on everything you got him we got them as small as like stickers and as big as fucking, you know, decos, t-shirts, hoodies, you know, I, we were doing drawstring bags and stuff like that. So I'm, I basically finally got a fire ass logo that I want to make merch with. And I don't like Googling shit. If I can talk to smart people who clearly got their shit together, walk me through what it is to get like merch and how that process went for you. I know that might seem boring, but that's that shit up on this channel. Um, due to the secluded area that I live in and the merch grind was a, a bit of a tough one. And, you know, to go through, um, providers and, and stuff like that, you know, to, to, to get the units themselves, like the, uh, the garments, it's not that big of a deal. Like we can always find garments for cheap online. Um, but to have somebody, you know, like I like to work local as much as I possibly can to have somebody, you know, to, to, keep keep money inside of the community you know um Y'all hear so... what he just said there though that's big important that's why the logo i made it was montreal made you know big important anyway keep going yeah the uh the lady who made my logo lives just down the road from me um and i had a dude who was who was pressing my uh my logo onto garments like the only the only thing I couldn't get local was the garments themselves, but uh, yeah, you know, it just costs money to to get everything in order, and it's it's a grind of its own for sure. But uh, you know, shout out to my girlfriend who put in the footwork for all of that, man. I just tell people I just rap, man. Talk to her about the the merch, man. And for anybody who's uh, interested in merch, I'm gonna redirect you to her, and you can talk to her about the merch. Yo, straight up, shout out girlfriends. We always got to give flowers to the girlfriends, yo, because your lady friend Bonnie's sitting here in this interview, and she was riding with me with this next interview last night till like 12.45 in the morning. Yeah, I actually booked some shit where I was like on a call till like 2.45 in the morning, and then I'm like, I'm like oh, fuck, I got to be like live soon. <laughs> so like, uh, <laughs> but yo, she sticks with it through it, man. She's wonderful, and honestly, I don't think, um, I don't think I had this life without her. It's like one of those things where it's like, I don't know how to describe it really, but she's just so valuable to the success of everything that's happening here. So if I have to shut her out on every single interview, I'll do it because I think it's important to let people know how important it is to have a good partner that's got like your back in that shit. You know, like, you know what? It comes up a lot, actually. You'd be surprised how many times dudes are sitting here being like, yo, my girlfriend holds it down. 
And that's actually like, yep. it's so rewarding, no? Like you look on Facebook and everybody's miserable and uh, in like terrible relationships and shit because those are the only people sharing stuff. Uh, Just lost, yeah. Oh, hang on. Yeah, it'll come back. It clicks in, it clicks out. Um, we'll give it a quick second. Um, it'll probably work soon. Okay, we back at it. So yeah, if you look on Facebook, all I see is people fucking complaining about relationships and you'll never find a woman who's blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yo, hold the fuck up. I got a woman that's blah, 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 blah. Hold the fuck up. Like, yo. And the thing is, is because when you have a woman, part of it is you're probably just not on Facebook sharing every fucking detail of your life with her because she'll fucking kill you. You get away with what you can get away with. They, you know, the ones who make fun of her Facebook post. And that's it. You know, everything else is like, yo, you keep that to your fucking world, right? You keep that to yourself. It's your relationship with her, you know? And that's the thing. So all the happy people are not miserable on Facebook complaining. But I just wanted to let y'all know that tons of people coming on through here are having these interesting things happen in their life. Like, yo, merch grind. My girlfriend helped me make that happen. Yo, I don't have merch yet. Girlfriend, you want to help me make that happen? Anyways, yeah, no. We're going to work on it. It's actually me that's loafing. I was like, I don't want to just do shirts and shit. I want to have, like, unique items that are, like, weird. And that's where I'm at. I don't want to just do... Because, yo, I mean, everybody's got shirts. So, like, that seems like a highly competitive place. And no disrespect to other people. I might be, like, I'm, I'm being stupid with it. My first... Because, yo, there's a whole bunch of sites now where you can just kind of, like, get merch done. And I would love to go local, but maybe I'm going to go maybe use a couple little sightsy-poos here and there. Because you know what I would like? Um, I would like to do fucking slippers. I want my local oh, yeah. slippers, you know? Because who else is selling slippers right now? I don't see slippers. So once I have like four or five items that I think are fucking out there. that Also, I want to wear it. I want to rock your shirt and then wear my slippers. Because you, know, <laughs> you won't see those on cam. But I'll see them and I'll smile. You know what I'm saying? Um, but we got it yeah. actually. We got a question from Sly0116. Do you see yourself doing a live stream anytime soon? Um, with that being said, that's a perfect segue into uh, into a message that I received yesterday. I am doing an online performance on oh. February twentieth. That's cool. Um, for the homie Too Deep, who did the uh, New Year's Eve show for Iconic Canon Records. So he just signed me up for February 20th to come over and do a set for him. Dude, that's pretty incredible, man. Uh, so yeah, we just said um, February 20th, Sly is going to be rocking a live performance. I'm looking into getting like a whole Zoom call cipher thing going on in my life, over rocking it on my Twitch. How do you feel about shit like that? Come in, bust a little off the dome, a little freestyle. Why? Because, yo, if you're going to do live performances, let me give you some fucking tips, dog. Latency is an asshole. It's really like, yo, no backtracks, no fucking double choruses. Cut all that shit out, dog. You can't do it live. It's just not It's not going to happen. You're going to sound like whatever. And if you do have a chorus, drop it. Like, Be like, yo, I got to drop the chorus and just bop your head. It'll sound better, and it's so important to do that, right? The other yeah. thing, though, is if you had the beat, just the beat playing, right? Now you can just drop a little fucking freestyle. And you are going to be off. It is not going to sound like what you sound like. But you're going to be consistently off. So you're going to be on time to them. That's the trick to live shit. 
So if you're doing it in this world, you're going to be on a fucking whatever, Zoom or whatever, whatever. So trust, man, this is just like the way to rock it. But how do you feel about popping on Zoom calls and doing some fucking, you know, freestyles and rapping like that? That'd be pretty cool, man. I'd be down with that for sure. That's fucking fire. There's a whole bunch of shits out there. Like you should look into something like at the end of the week. Uh, I can link you that after. But basically every Sunday night they have a little cyphery poo. And shout out end of the week because they're, they're hooking me up with cool people in New York to talk to. So on Saturday, they're like, one of their guys is my guest. Um, so it's kind of cool because, like, you're going to be here and then over there, those guys. So when they go look at the Twitch, you're going to pop up mixed in with all these other people, which is fun, you know. Um, and, uh, yo, you're interesting. So I fucking appreciate this chat a lot. Honestly, I love your grind and I love your dedication and I love how much fucking hustle you put into this shit. Um, but end of the week is fascinating, right? So they had the Zoom and you can on thursday nights pop in at 10 p.m and just freestyle but if you're a track guy and you got ratings you come through on fucking sunday night and you fucking sign up on their list and you drop a little written and it's like yo i'm telling you on a regular like 40 people on this fucking call plus other people broadcasting it to other places plus they're fucking growing up their shit etc etc right and then i'm telling you man with what you're doing play one of your tracks just drop all back tracks just fucking rap it and you probably gonna crush it. Like, can you just spit a tune right now? Can you just like fucking bust a rap right now? Are you are you able to just do a little one? Um, probably yes and probably no. Fair enough. I don't know. I guess you can do some, but not all. I don't know how to <laughs> interpret that. Uh, but um, nah, I don't like being put on the spot. But check this. Um, yo, this an invitation. To anybody who wanted, it, you wanted, it, you're gonna get it. I promise you're gonna regret it. Uh, and I that fucked that one up. That man. was fire. Dog, it's hard on the spot. It's hard on the spot. Yeah. I did do that to you. And you stepped up to yeah. the occasion, and that was fire enough. If it didn't work out perfect, that's fucking great. You still stepped up to the occasion, and you fucking knocked it out, dog. You crushed. Because I felt it. I felt it. You flipped it. And you know, watch that yeah, shit I happen. Mean, Right, right now, I'm in the mind state of Tracks of the Titans. I've been trying to fucking memorize my Tracks of the Titans lately, mm. and that's what's on my fucking mind right now. So to go back and to try to spit something else that's written. Yo, I've, I feel that a lot. I'm, ha I'm at the point where I'm having trouble remembering other stuff. I have to, like, actively relearn shit every time I go fucking rap a thing, and it's fucking hard. So it makes me be like, yo, I gotta just, like, like this interview shit a little more. I can just don't have to memorize as much. But no, man, that's so fucking fascinating. So if we ever hold some shit, you're totally welcome to pop on that Zoom call and bust a little whatever, do some little off the domes. You'll, you'll have time to mentally prepare and come. You can do a little written if you want. Nobody fucking cares. It's about rapping and networking. Um, and I love the fact that you're super open-minded to that shit. So what else do you do in your life? What else is it? What else goes on in your world outside of just it? Is it just music and work? You just grind, just music, work, grind, music, network, grind? That's pretty much it, man. Music, work, and grind. Um, prior to COVID and fucking my knee up last year, I used to play ball a lot. Like mm. There was a, a recreational men's drop-in ball I used to go and play every week. And That's fucking cool, man. Are you watching Netflix and all that shit? What's your favorite streaming platform? I'm a little bit curious. Netflix is not my favorite these days. YouTube, man. I watch dumb shit on YouTube all the time. What's your favorite dumb shit channel? Who's your favorite YouTube channels? I actually really love YouTube. It's one of my favorite places to be as a consumer of product. 
you know, I don't even play, uh, I don't even play Call of Duty anymore, man. And I haven't played it in years, but I still watch people like Marksman and his brother Tyler. I am Wildcat. Fresh. Okay, I'm going to ask it. What is it about watching people play Call of Duty that is enticing? Because, yo, I don't, like, fully get it personally. I know that it's cool because a lot of y'all watch it. But what is it about Call of Duty in particular that is such an attractive game? I honestly couldn't tell you. I don't even remember why the hell I stumbled upon these guys, but I stumbled upon them. And Marksman plays a game mode that I never played. Like I hated search and destroy, and that's all this guy plays. And so that's I, interesting. I watch him for I watch him for who he is, and, and like he's really honest as well. You know, like he doesn't come across as somebody fake. And, you know, just yo, that's no, really interesting. Cause yo, people sometimes as creators don't understand the mind of consumers, and you just flipped into consumer mode, right? So you started describing why you're loyal to somebody that you're loyal to in an illogical kind of way. Cause it's maybe a little weird. You're like, I don't really play Call of Duty. I don't even know why I really like. I don't even like that game mode, but I like him. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's interesting, right? That's that's how you build that like audience shit. So you're actually kind of unpacking it from the other end right there. So like, what what does he do that's cool? I just, you know, he just plays game and fucking gives us a commentary over top of it. Now, sometimes he'll break down videos or you know, I don't watch his, you know, making of classes videos, just stuff like that. But I just watch it. Sometimes I don't even watch it. I just listen to him fucking think around on the Internet. Like um, other other channels I watch are stuff like AVE. You know, Uncle Bumblefuck is, a, is an amazing dude, like just packed full of knowledge in his head and he does like tool breakdowns and stuff like that you know like he'll take apart a tool and he'll tell you everything that it's made of you know break down what the the components of the the housing is like whether it's you know a pa6 glass reinforced fiberglass or you know the components and stuff like that i watch stuff like uh essential craftsman which is a which is a carpentry channel you know and then He's been building a spec house over the past couple of years. We've been getting little videos on it. And, yeah, I'm not even going to lie. I respect you more for what you just said there than a lot of other things you said. Not to say I don't respect you, but yeah, because that's your day job hustle. And you're like taking that time and effort to educate yourself further on how to do your craft better. That's actually really fucking cool, dude. That's like really impressive shit. Well, he, he drops like you know, knowledge gems as well, you know, little tricks of the trade. He's a, he's an older guy. Like I'm talking, you know, he's gotta be, you know, late fifties, early sixties or something like that. And this guy's got a YouTube channel up building houses and he gives some phenomenal tricks on, you know, just tiny little things that, that increase efficiency. And, and I bring it to work with me and it makes me a better carpenter. I think that's incredible, right? Because I'm not going to lie. I uh, I like this guy, Scott Galloway, because his mind is interesting and he talks about predictions a lot and tech predictions. So, like, the way he thinks helps me kind of look at the world of the internet better because that's kind of what I do with my shit. So, I think it's, like, a way to become a master of your craft is to actually take that time to go do that educational stuff. And the fact that you just do it is, is a gain. The kind of stuff that people need to understand about success, right? 
It comes from when you put in those extra things. Like you said, I got to wrap autumn bars. I got to practice them. I got to be able to memorize the flow. I got to be able to drop it perfectly. And then when only then can I even start to do the video part where I start practicing. I'm sure you do a bunch of takes until you get it just right and all of that stuff. And like people act like sometimes motherfuckers come through with the one take, but they only come through with the one take because they did all that shit at home. Right, like there's no such thing as this magical like okay, like there's like seven people that probably like I can do it and like good for you. For most people, it's like there's no such thing as the one take, right? For most people, it's practice the shit out of this. Yo, shout out Peter West and and he says salute you rock. So you just gotta have a fucking shout out there. So that's what it is. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just think it's cool that you're so candid about it because that's the truth of the matter. You know why my contest entries aren't going to win? Because I'm never going to put in the work that you're going to put in. So you're going to beat me every fucking time. And I respect you for it. I'm very happy to have you beat me in contest, by the way. It's it's cool. I like what you do. <laughs> it's fucking nice. Like, I'm not, I'm like, yeah, I'm not trying to win that shit. I'm actually just there for the fun of it. I love the culture that's there. Like, I'm not like, so I'm kind of glad that even in a bigger sense, we had this chat, right? Because... Here you are <clears throat> on my channel next to all sorts of other people from all sorts of different walks of life. But in this case, we're talking about how this Facebook contest grind is actually a useful and practical thing. Hold up, though. Do you also fuck with the TikTok contest grind, like the duets and shit like that? Do you also fuck with the Instagram contest grind? Um, I just recently made an IG page to uh, as one of the... Uh pre-requirements to entering a contest so mm. it was you had to go and you know like us on ig and stuff like that so i went over and i made an ig page just as a, a requirement to enter a contest and i don't really mess with it that much and as far as tiktok man, uh, man so many people have been telling me you got to get on tiktok you got to get on tiktok all right let me give you a good reason why you might have fun on tiktok okay why well, you're gonna have fun on tiktok okay because yo if it's not fun why are you gonna be there right so it's this duet shit. I'm not going to lie. I haven't had time to fuck with it because I don't want to start new things until I have the time to do it right and really dedicate myself to it and get into it from like a headspace perspective. But Token did it. And it was one of the guys, Kyle Luntz, I think, was doing it in the contest group. I, I think it was. And he started sharing this shit where, uh, and I, I learned this through these contests, right? Like it wasn't like outside of it. It was in this ecosystem. It's upping my social media game. So Token did this shit where he does like half of a track. He does a little one, two bar, leaves it open, a little one, two bar, a little two, three bar, leaves it open. And then when he's off camera, he's just like, or whatever, you know, like yeah. it's fucking goofy as shit, right? Beat makers be doing this. So my dude Spades, uh, find these beat makers. And they just leave it up and then they're just like and it's all fucking goofy but you are as the rapper are doing a duet so that means that their video is on the one side and your video is there and you're just rapping over it right so you got your little setup like that with your little phone boppity 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 bars 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 and you throw that out in the world then you find the next man's the next beat like that and i think it's very similar to what you're into already so look TikTok's kind of weird okay it's really weird but the thing about TikTok is that TikTok is not like one thing. It's like the algorithm will figure out what part of TikTok it, you want to be in. So as an example, my girlfriend likes plants, like growing plants. And you know what I discovered? Plant talk. That is literally the hashtag, plant talk. And it's <laughs> motherfuckers 
who give you updates on the progress of their plants as they grow them. So you'll see them watering a plant and talking about their plant for like 30 seconds. And then they'll give you like plant updates. Then there's like stoner talk or 420 talk where it's just a bunch of dudes like pass the fucking joint and shit like that. And then there's booty shaking talk, which I mean, sorry, Bonnie. It's a wonderful place, yo. Why? Because you watch Megan Thee Stallion go viral three times off of booty shaking talk, right? And it's just shit. She's like, yada, 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 yada. And you're watching girls just start twerking every time that part of the song comes on. And I'm like, yo, beat maker. Let's do a two minute fucking booty shaking song. Let's see if we can go viral on TikTok, <laughs> right? So, like, I'm looking at it like, look, it's it's stupid, okay? But it's not, like, kids anymore. It's mostly, like, people like us going, this is fucking weird. But there's so much music in it that, like, it starts becoming, like, really kind of fun, right? And then you'll watch these stupid, goofy couple jokes. And I like the couple jokes. What it's like living with your boyfriend. And I'm like, guilty. I am that annoying. And then you'll be like, what it's like living with your girlfriend. And I'm like, yep marriage life that's what it is yo <laughs> it's like it's just you start like getting it so it's gonna figure you out and start feeding you the fucking shit you like and that's what's actually kind of cool about tiktok is that whatever the fuck you interact with you'll get more of and in that regard as a musician yo man i put all of my contest entries on tiktok they're all there and i still get some hearts on them sometimes and like all of my little acapellas and shit that i do here and there part of it is i, I do it for the grandma and the tiktok i'm not really doing it for the book I'm doing it for the gram and the talk because while the talk only has a one minute thing now they're looking into expanding it to a three minute thing yo when tiktok hits three minutes oh my god i'm gonna move heavy to tiktok because at that point i can take three minute clips of shit like this and put it on the talk the talk's about to grow plus live is big there you get to a thousand followers and you can go live and collect donations like there's, there's reasons a guy like you might want to look at a tiktok Sorry to go all fucking schooly on you. I just figure, like, you know, we're having a chit chat. We're ha I would have this chat with you off camera. So I figure, why not do it yeah, on my, camera? My girlfriend definitely has mentioned that to me, too. I mean, she's been addicted to just watching TikTok as well. And she's been telling me, you need to get on here. You need to get on here. There's been, there's been people who've blown on TikTok. Like, you know, numbers go up, you know, when people are, are interested and invested in you, right? Like, we got a little mini viral TikTok by accident. So apparently if you take a laser pointer and you shine it through Canadian money, um, it shows up on the wall with the number in it. So we did this because my girlfriend's a genius. It was my only successful TikTok and it was her idea. Go fucking figure, right? Uh, <laughs> it's the truth. The only time it was her good idea. So we do it and it got to like 5,000 fucking TikTok views overnight. And I'm like, wow, that's like, that's like a lot. Like it's not even a lot for TikTok, but like for me, it was like, that's not like the hundred views I got the other day. And then she didn't want to become a TikToker. So we don't have a successful TikToker channel because she's not helping me make a TikTok channel because she would be fucking good at it. Just fucking make your yeah. plant videos and shit. And we have, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah. So that's cool. Would you be open to like pursuing it after this little chat? Yeah, definitely. Um, after uh, hearing you speak about it and then just being told about it uh, in the past there a little bit, man, I think it's definitely something that I'm going to look into. And again, you can just watch it for a while, you know, like you don't actually have to do anything right away. You just go follow Token yeah, was... and a few other rappers and just like look at it for a minute. 
taking a little poop. Those duets are pretty cool, man. Kato from uh, UP or formerly uh, Funk Volume does duets with his beats and shit too. Mm. And that's it. So, I mean, if this is going to... Yo, here's what's up, man. I kind of real. The beat makers I know don't know this yet, but a lot of the beat makers I know are going to get me hitting them up. and like, yo, how can we use TikTok to, like, use your beats to create this kind of a thing and reproduce this kind of shits and blah, blah, blah. Let's make Montreal fucking pop by you guys going viral. I think beat makers are the future of a lot of things. That's my, that's my honest opinion. Um, <clears throat> rappers are cool, but we need those beat makers like fucking crazy. <laughs> then we're kind of in a weird pickle. Um, but... If all these people is on TikToks and making the beats available, and then we all jump on TikTok and start busting our little, like, because you have 60 seconds, right? Like, everybody can bust out a 60-second guy, you know? Like, and how long is it even going to take to memorize that? And you can even just record it in chunks because it's TikTok, so you can even get out of actually memorizing your shit. Like, you can just do the audio as a written, and then you can just make a goofy video out of your entry. So that way you get out of the fact that, like, you can play with it. It's fucking TikTok. Who cares? It's a fucking video. Yo, what up, Peter West? Oh. Think about TikTok. So Peter West is the lovely beat maker for my contest. He's in the fucking uh, chats right now. So Bridge the Gaps Volume 1 That's what it is. Uh, bridge the Gap with Bars Volume 1. It's because we're Bridge the Gap this show. So I figured, fuck it, we'll extend it to a contest. So it's the same yep. shit. 16 bars over a Peter West beat. Fucking hundo prize, blah, blah, blah. Same crap as everybody else. Nothing real special about it except the part that I'm doing it. And it's cool in that regard for me. But, like. Yo, I would totally fucking figure out a way to bring us out of TikTok and, and make it, like, work within the realms of building a community around this shit, too. Because, like, it's where the kids is at. And where the housewives yeah. is at. Because there's a lot of housewives on TikTok. There's a lot of women on TikTok, too. Like, a lot of women are on TikTok, dude. And a lot of dudes is in these contest groups. So, I'm trying to... Sorry. Not... And I'm just saying to expose beyond the, the, the scope. I don't know. I'm just kind of rambling now. I feel like I'm just talking. Yeah. I'm sorry, dude. I don't mean to be like domineering. Usually, as it goes on a little bit later, I do get chattier. Um, That's fine. So, yeah, what about you, Dan? What's up in your next future? What's going on for you? <laughs> uh, I got to get this goddamn album finished, man. I got a. I got a couple of collabs that I got to finish off, and a couple that I got to chase down as well. Um, but I think I'm pretty close to releasing a 12 tracker anyway so that's fresh um, i have album album art for that um it's gonna be named the gatekeeper album um where that name came from yeah i don't know it's just fuck it i'm the gatekeeper you get through me motherfucker fair enough man um it's going to be in the same kind of style as what you've got previously recorded, or are we going to get kind of a whole new experience? Um, it's a lot of the same style, definitely. Um, I think I might go back and check out a lot of these tracks. I might kibosh a few of them that are currently recorded and release those as singles and then throw something else onto it. Cause I want to tell a story. If, if it's going to be a body of work, it's got to be a proper body of work, you know, tell us you more about just, that. Well, you can't just throw in like, you know, 16 tracks of just random crap talking about random crap. Like it's, you gotta be able to, you know, to, to keep everybody invested in you. Like the, those ears have to be, you know, they, they, you got to want people, you got to have people want to continue listening, man. Like, you know, 
from track one to track, you know, XX, you know, just. So how would you keep and, people listening? Let's let's actually break that down. Because what you're saying is big facts, actually. I agree with you 100. Like, I don't disagree. I just want to hear you say, express, you know, a little bit more about what you mean. Um, it would be kind of the same way that I do a, uh, like a performance set. Like my whole entire performance set is built on telling a story from my upbringing and to who I am today. You know, a lot of the early tracks, like I'll start my performance with, you know, a lot of fuck yous and violent shit. And then we'll get into, you know, some of the party stuff. And then you'll see me mature on the microphone. You know, and I'll come out and I'll hit you with some very, very truthful stuff and honest things like, like pick your mans up. And if you all just try stuff like that mm. and uh, yeah, just, just kind of tell a story on the on the microphone as I'm performing. But I just kind of want to do that with this album as well as, you know, I tell, tell a little bit of a story without having to tell the entire story. I really appreciate what you're saying. And you know why? Because that is what I believe you're supposed to do at album. So one of the things we do is the classic quest, where we run through classic albums throughout history, track by track, giving thoughts and opinions on every song, blah, blah, blah. But we notice that all the classics kind of do that. For the mo I mean, there's exceptions, but mo mostly every album that's good to me has an arc. And maybe I make it up as I go along. Maybe you agree with my interpretation. Maybe you as an artist disagree with my interpretation. But the fact that you're thinking about it like that and you're willing to go, yo, this isn't the right vibe or sound of it makes me hella invested in wanting to check out your work in the future when it drops. No, I'm a fan, dude. I'm a fan of you now. That's what happened over the course of like this whole interview and shit. So I just want you to know that. It's fucking your dope, dude. Your fucking music is profound. I'm not going to lie. Um, I'm not sure what else to say without feeling like we're going to stretch it along. So I wanted to know if you have any final thoughts that you would like to share with the rest of the world before we take our separate ways. Come and check out Bars of Death, man. The Tracks of the Titans competition. This track that I got on the go right now is absolutely bananas. Like It blows every and anything I've ever done out of the water. Fair enough. Um, I've, given, I've given a few sneak peeks to it, uh, to the producer. And a couple of close homies of mine, you know, I just sent them a track like, hey, listen to this. This is a sneak peek to my uh, my track submission for Bars of Death. And, uh, yeah, come over and mess with us over at Bars of Death and uh, yeah, see what we're all about and throw your hat in the ring and maybe walk away with a bit of coin. <laughs> Big facts, man. I want to thank you for being here. I'm going to do my little outro thing. Um, and for all y'all watching on the Twitch, I'm going to try to raid Lamef. Um, uh, maybe Twitch chat's broken. Maybe it's not. We'll see how it goes. Um, for some people, it's kind of being weird. Uh, but basically, I guess what I'm trying to say is um, I appreciate you. I feel like your story is absolutely fucking dope. I feel like, hold on a second, I fucked up. Um, absolutely, like, learn a lot myself. Like, I feel like there was a lot of learning here. You gave us some big insight into your grind into what you've been through into what you've had to struggle with and, and put up with to achieve the goals that you're actually trying to fucking achieve right and to me that's huge to me that's a big deal like it's not just like a little little thing right you actually have to like try really fucking hard to pull that off so yeah. i really appreciate that um 
so I thank you for sharing your story with us. I thank you for sharing everything that you shared with us. Um, on top of that, um, I want to thank all of you watching it. I appreciate all of you with us. Thank you all for being here. You know, feel free to leave comments in the future for the YouTube version down the line. Like the video, blah, 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 etc., etc. When you're ready, man, in the future, we'd love to have you back on here. Have an update conversation. Feel like where you're at with life, all that other good shit. It was really a big pleasure, dude. Sincerely. Uh, special thanks to the patrons. Ismail Gadam, C. Chris Prado, Jonathan Barnes, DJ Black Hurricane, Linda Williams, uh, and Scribble. They're dope support what we do. So if you also support what we do, you can hit that little subscribe button on Twitch. Or you can go ahead and fucking hit us up at patreon.com slash behind that suit. And that would be fucking cool to you. On that note, everyone, it's been wonderful. Live long and prosper, everyone. Mm -hmm.